You're listening to the Kang's Cast podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Kang's Cast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we're coming off of last week's super fun episode where uh, we kind of just came in here and talked about some of the bubble games that were going on and um, how it was nice to get back to watching some Kings basketball. Um, we're recording tonight, um, and the season's over. Kings have played, games have been had, and a lot of things are going on in Kingsland, front office moves, drama, etc. So we're excited to come back on here just to give a little bit of our opinion on things that have changed um, since we have last been on. Um, if you are looking for Kings cast, you can find our entire catalog streaming on Apple podcasts, iTunes or the Apple podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now YouTube. Um, we're on Twitter at Kings cast. So check that out. Uh, bringing in our, my co-host for the evening. Ryan was good, man. Looking forward to being on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we're actually recording right after the Lakers game one loss to Portland. So shout out Portland. Uh, Daniel, Dame Lillard did his thing down the stretch. Uh, I, I, I didn't work today. I had a rare day off during the actual week and it just so happened it was the start of the playoffs. So I literally sat on my couch and I watched basketball since 1030 this morning. So I caught all the game ones. Um, that first game this morning with, uh, Orlando and Milwaukee was nice. And then that heat game, heat Pacers was nice. Uh, and then I missed the, the Clippers and or excuse me houston and oklahoma city uh caught the end of that but then popped back on for that lakers game so it's been a great day of basketball man it's it's so nice that i can actually uh, sit at home and watch basketball again yeah it is it's I, I mean i just hopped off we we both just finished watching the lakers Trailblazers game so a good game we hopped on right after and we're doing this thing um it's something that you know i i, I really like that that there's basketball this time of year and you know, I listen to a lot of Colin Coward, and Colin Coward has kind of been pushing this for, for a couple of years, maybe a year or so, I guess. And it's the whole NBA timeline thing. I really hope the NBA considers a different timeline for their season after this whole bubble because um, I, they start that season, what, in like October, you know? End of October, and, yeah. The end of October, and it lingers like November, December. Really, the season doesn't really start for fans, like a lot of fans. And so, like, what you think christmas those christmas day honestly, games honestly well well christmas day games are always like for us obviously we watch all the games but i i always catch basketball really catching um you know fire right after the super bowl and right before the all-star game it's that, that like the all-star games for like that for that casual fan that all-star game 
three-point shootout dunk contest, that's when the casual fan starts paying attention because everybody knows NFL rules the TV, man. Like, we're big football fans, dude, so I get it. It. I just hope that they consider changing that timeline where they tr- they start that season potentially on Christmas, and that's what Cowherd pushes. He pushes, you know, start it on Christmas and then own that real estate of July and August because it's really just the Major League Baseball. And um, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy watching. I'm t- taking advantage for sure of watching these games this time of year. It's exciting, and I think it would be huge if they did it. But um, Well, that's I, like I, what they did real quick. That's what they did during that lockout. Remember the late start? what was that 2014 or something? I think they started like in December or something. They played like 50 games. So, or 55, whatever the hell it was. So yeah, that, I mean, Christmas day though, Christmas day basketball is the best dude. Yeah. Um, so we probably should hop right into it, man. I know sometimes we come in here and like to just chat. I mean, we've had a lot of stuff going on personally and probably some, I probably have some funny stories I want to share, but to be honest with you, uh, Kingsland's loaded and we got to get right to it this week because, um, since we, you know, Ryan's crazy. When we last talked, uh, you look on the podcast, the Kings still had a couple games to go. Obviously, they didn't play well when we came in here, and we were talking about that. But um, kind of looking into the offseason, I, I, di- I, I didn't really expect the moves to happen. So, Vaughty obviously, you know, stepped down, whatever. I don't know. Was he fired? Who knows? I don't know what the, what, you know, uh, conspiracy theories, right? But uh, I did send you an article earlier. Uh, we can go into it a little bit later. Uh, James Ham talked about that, about how there was a little bit of uh, potential uh, changing of roles within the front office that caused that. But uh, we're going to, we're going to kind of touch on a couple different things today. I'll give you guys a quick rundown. We, we definitely want to recap some of the stuff from the bubble and then really talk about those front office moves and just a couple quick things that are happening in Kingsland. I mean, really, I'm excited because. Uh, you know, doing Kings cast is, is fun. And we come on here f- to do it for, f- because we're fans and we like to do it. And it's always great to talk basketball during the season, but Ryan and I definitely are transaction guys. We like the, um, talking about, you know, theories of trades and in different philosophies of, of how to, you know, go about building the team. And, um, with, with the direction the team's going, it's going to be a super exciting off season and a super exciting time to come on here and talk Kings cast. So, um yeah it's the next couple weeks are going to be super fun i'm definitely uh looking forward to that um i wanted to come in today though ryan and just talk about the bubble and kind of close off the season because uh we're not going to recap all the games they fucking suck that's all you need to know right people need to i mean (laughs) if you want to know the record go look at the record if you want to know all these little fine stats and details go look them up that's not what we're they suck they were terrible they it was a poor watch but there were a lot of those they they were the the worst team in the bubble. And so that's all you need to know. Uh, we're not <laughs> going to harp on that. We're not going to bitch about it. I didn't, you know, whatever. Um, but I think one thing we do want to do is, is Ryan and I have throughout the year, we, I don't know, we're not hot take guys, right? Ryan, I don't think we're hot take guys, but we would give like real takes. How would you describe it? Like our, some of our opinions sometimes. Maybe against um, the grain? <clears throat> yeah, a little bit against the grain, but I think, Self-awareness is something that we've preached on Kingscast for since day one. Um, so our our takes are um, aware of the Sacramento Kings situation. I would say a lot of guys, um, you know, give hot takes. They live in this uh, Neverland, you know. And uh, I think we just kind of we're more of the do what has to be done approach. I guess is is what you could classify it as. So. One of the biggest things this year, you know, we if 
something I'm really proud of that we did this year, Ryan, was Kings Cast and Review. Kings Cast and Review Part One and Two. We did uh, when the season like shut down for the quarantine, right? And what we did is we kind of recapped our takes throughout the season and how we felt at certain points of the season. So if you have been listening to Kings Cast, you like what we're doing, um, and you're and you haven't heard those, go check those out. Um, there's probably episodes in the 20s, so if you're looking for that, go check that out. Um, but one of the biggest things that we have been pounding all year is the Bogdanovich situation. So um, if you've been listening to us, you know how we feel. But for those new listeners, which Ryan, we've been getting a lot, man. We get interactions on Twitter. I've been getting some messages. The numbers, the listening uh, viewers' numbers are going up. So that's cool. We're getting some support. So maybe people haven't heard this. Um, you know, I really wanted to take the time. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is something that before the season, we when when the extension didn't get done with him we were pretty much out, right? We heard the numbers that were that were being floated around for this guy, and uh, Ryan and I were both a hard no against the numbers that were being talked about, which we've heard rumors anywhere from what, Ryan, like 16 upwards so, of 20? Yeah, I think I think realistically, I think people are sitting 17, 18, I, realistically. So from, from kind of going into the season uh, – we were looking at that and, and because Bogdanovich uh, allegedly, you know, rejected like some $57 million contract or $54 million contract or something four, like yeah, that. Four, four years, 57 mil or something. Sounds something, so, yeah. Something like that. We were, we were both like, you know what, we're going to be, if this guy really thinks he's worth this much, we're going to be critical of this guy all season. And so kind of, we went on a whole se- That was like probably one of our biggest points this year was we went hard on Bogdanovich about how he wasn't worth the money. Um, how they it wasn't worth extending him, um, how it was going to put the Kings in a crap cap situation, etc. Uh, we were really advocates of trading that guy before the deadline, and nothing really happened. So now we're sitting here at the end of the season, and, and all signs and rumors point towards like them keeping him. You know, um, so it's something Ryan and I disagree with. I wanted to bring it up. What do you think, Ryan? I mean you want to reiterate some of the stuff we talked about just so people know that that are new? Yeah. So we've, you know, in being critical of McDonough, it was no way in like shape or form that we were hating on him. Really. It was, it was, we were just being realistic about uh, his talent, his, most of all his age um, and his contributions to the Kings going forward. And for him to ask or to reject four years, 50, whatever million, um, that's that's really like Eric said. What sparked this? So our whole thing with Bogdanovich is oh, we do think Bogdanovich is a good player. I think he he does things very well. He handles the ball well. He shoots well. Um, you know he's he's a creative playmaker. He's smart. Like that's what everybody you always hear people talk about his high IQ and all this stuff. Uh, but Bogdanovich wanting that kind of money and his age being, what is he, 28 years old or something Dude, like that? Apparently they're tweeting he turned 28 today. So yeah, see him know. being 28 years old, um, and, you know, and, and guys like Darren Fox, um, uh, and I still throw, you know, me and Eric are big supporters, even though he hasn't played much of Bagley. Um, it, it doesn't fit Sacramento's timeline, I think. Um, so that's, that's kind of where we were coming from. And we already have Buddy Heald who we're big supporters of and, we just gave a big contract. So that's kind of where we stand for Bogdanovich. Great player. Oh, excuse me. Good player. But if we could get him for 12, 13 million tops, I'm all for it. But anything above that, man, then sorry. He's just not good enough and timeline-wise doesn't fit us. 
So uh, the reason I bring this up, because you definitely, you know, we have takes throughout the season, but you want to always reevaluate at the end of the year and say, were we right? Were we wrong? Um, I, I would say that coming out of the bubble and looking even in, in, in that window of games, um, I still feel the same way. And that's why I wanted to bring it up today is because it's something, you know, we've been touting since back in, uh, honestly, October. Um, we've been consistent all season. I would say we've made it out of the season. I still feel the same way. To be honest with you, I feel probably even stronger than I did just because um, just because of how I watched and played the whole season. So um, one of our biggest takeaways coming out of the bubble was just kind of honestly uh, an affirmation of, of what we've been saying about Bogdanovich. So uh, that's our little bit of that. The next guy I wanted to bring up to you, I brought this up last week, Ryan. Um, and I wanted to reiterate again because I challenged everybody on on episode 33 to watch the remaining games of Rashawn Holmes and be objective about his play, his role. Um, this kind of stems back to Rashawn Holmes early in last December where he was getting MVP chance. Um, a couple of notable Kings Twitter guys, KHDK guys, had put it out there that he was untradeable and it was like a guy to build around, right? Um, and I think, you know, I said last week is, uh, I think Rashawn Holmes is a great player, but he's not all that. He's not a guy that is untouchable and honestly even needs to be thrusted and penciled in as the starting five, which seems to be the sentiment around Kingsland. Um, so, um, my, my point coming out of the bubble and something I, I said is watch those last couple games and tell me what you think. And, and for me, um, I still stand in the same place. I wanted to ask you. You know, I think that Rashawn Holmes is a guy who could start, but I think that there's, as we go into the offseason, I don't think the center position is solidified and that guy should be penciled in. My thinking is more, why can't that guy come off the bench? Why, you know, so as the Kings go into the offseason, I, I think they should not, they should look to upgrade there and still keep the guy, but he's not this definitive uh, part of what the term people like to use core. So uh, do you agree with me? Or do you think? You yeah, hundred hundred percent. I know, hundred percent agree with you. And you know, it's it's we've we've said it a couple weeks. Actually, I think we said it on last podcast. You know, Rashawn Holmes came out and played well in the beginning of the season, and people were talking about him being untradeable, and you know, like him being part of the like you just said, the core and stuff. Rashawn Holmes is a good player. He's a, he's a very good player. But I really believe that if Rashawn Holmes has to play thirty minutes a night on your basketball team then you're probably not going to be that successful. I think Rashawn Holmes coming off the bench uh, playing 18 to 22 minutes a night um, is more of his role. The guy is energetic. Uh, he's athletic, but he doesn't do anything elite, and that's what you're kind of looking for. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're 100% right with Rashawn Holmes, man, and I hope people went back and saw that. Uh, good player. I hope he's here next year. It was a hell of a find by Vladi. That was one of Vladi's positives. Um, with his tenure with Sacramento. The thing is, when we start talking about stuff like this, man, and that's why I said when I kind of leaned into this topic, I was like, I don't think we're hot take, guys. I just think we try not to be all fucking fall in love with everything all the time. And that's kind of my problem with Kings fans is like, uh, we've talked about it. It's it's the, the thing we've said is, you know, I don't know how much people actually watch basketball outside of the Kings, you know? And so when players are... are somewhat successful for the Kings people people lose perspective on that player's talent versus other players in the league like in their position and stuff like Rashawn Holmes is it is is a guy like that Bogdanovich is a guy like that 
you know? Uh, Sacramento, there's it, – it's funny because the, the fans around here, it's, it's either you're hot on a player or you're cold. There's no middle ground. There's no like, hey, he's a cool player. He could be a good piece. It's either you really love – you know, you, you love the Rashawn Holmes and the Bogdanoviches or you hate Buddy Heald. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no like – why can't there just be a middle ground? Hey, buddy's cool. Bogdanovich is cool. I'd be cool if the team moved on with that. You know, why was there such this big, you know, like uh, fad with Rashawn Holmes? Like, hey, he's playing well. You know, two weeks into a stint with the Kings, we were getting guys on Kingsland Twitter talking about, oh, he's untradeable. Uh, so that's what's always fascinating about Sacramento. So it, it probably does, you know, point to the uh, – that there probably is some truth with, with what you were just saying about uh, people watching, how much basketball people watch. It it is. It's it's like the king. The Kings fans are like that dude who, like, you know, you got that friend who's just uh, never getting laid. He's just never getting laid, right? And oh, then you God. go, and then you go out, and uh, uh, and you're drinking a little bit, and some hurt ass chick throws him throws him a little of attention, and he, he gets desperate. He's all in, man. You know, he wants to take her on dates. He wants to fall in love. That's Kings fans, man. Just desperate. They're fucking desperate, dude. That's how I feel. You know. <laughs> hey, can- <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to talk on that, whatever you just went off on. I, I, I want to bring something up. Um, it's totally off, off the conversation stuff. But uh, while we were while you were going off on the beginning of the Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes uh, tangent, I brought up something um, to kind of support our claims with Bogdanovich. Uh, so I'm going to compare him to Terrence Ross. Okay, Terrence Ross this year averaged 14.7 points a game, uh, three assists or three rebounds and like one assist or something like that. Um, he's getting paid 12-5 this year, 13-5 next year, and 12-5, 11-5. So he's essentially getting 12-5 for four years. All right. Um, Bogdanovich this year, career high, 15.1, um, three and three. All right. So it's very, very, very similar stats. Uh, Terrence Ross is probably the fourth or fifth option on that team. Bogdanovich is probably our second or third. Uh, so I just want people, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. Comparison-wise, um, uh, that if he got a Terrence Ross contract, even a little more, like I said, 13, 5, 14, that'd be perfect. I just want to throw that out there because that's uh, – I, I just found that real quick popped in my head. So, You've done a couple of good comps like that over the season because I, I, for people listening, we, we've been harping on this forever, man. And it's, it's like – it seemed like every couple episodes we'd go hard on Bogdanovich. And, and Ryan's throwing out a couple of good comps of players who have similar stat lines, play similar roles for a team, and what their contracts look like. Uh, and, and you pull up Terrence Ross. Dude, it looks like Terrence Ross didn't start one game this year. He was literally no. – he played in 81. No. It started at zero, and, according and, to – And I thought of, and I thought of Terrence Ross because I was trying to think of guys like that who come off the bench because I truly believe that, um, you know, that Bud, – uh, Buddy should be the starter and Bogey should come off the bench. Um, I was trying to think of guys who don't start and who are around the same age. Terrence Ross is 29. So, McDonough turned 28 today. They play the same position. Um, Terrence Ross was the first guy that came to my head. And what do you know? The numbers match up. So, I, I wasn't, like, searching for a while. That was the first guy I thought of. So, that's kind of – that's where I'm going with the McDonough thing, man. Like, if, if the Kings could get him for that, man, that's a freaking steal. But if you once you start getting into the 16 – 17 18 and i know we heard the rumors of 20 who knows if they're true stay away it, it's not worth it it really isn't you can find guys around the nba like terrence ross um who who can get that there's guys like evan fournier dude 17 million a, a year all right 17 million a year evan fournier averaged like 20 points a game 18 or 19 maybe yeah 18 and a half dude and he's making 17 five so uh 
yeah, that's where we stand with the gauntlet. So you go, the numbers back it up. Another guy that you had brought up a couple months ago uh, was Jordan Clarkson as well. Jordan Clarkson is a Jordan bench Clarkson, player. I love Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, he he he's making on average twelve five a year. Yeah, um, and, yeah and there's another one. Yep. Looking at, I mean, he's tw- he's he's literally the same age. He's twenty eight years old. Maybe, you know, I, uh, he's. You know what the difference between, you, you know, the difference between the Terrence Rosses, uh, the Jordan Clarksons of the world. Um, it used to kind of be how J.R. Smith was. The difference between those guys and McDonavich is McDonavich is consistent. He's cons- he's very, very consistent where he's going to give you between 13 and 18 every night, right? He's, he's going to do that every single night. He's going to consistent with the play. These guys like Terrence Ross and Jordan Clarkson, they have the ability to go for 35 at any given time. That's, that's the thing. They're streaky players, but they're also, there's going to be those nights where the Jordan Clarksons are going to go one for 11 and, and, you know, over seven from the three point line and they're not going to produce much, but coming off the bench, this is, there's a plenty of guys in the NBA, like those dudes that I just mentioned right now, plenty of them. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, you said something there. I mean, Jordan Clarkson, 15 a game, 16 a game, 14 a game. I mean, that's the last couple of years. You said about Bogdanovich being consistent, man. I don't know. Is I think that's a misconception, dude. I think Bogdanovich, as far as his end game stat line. That's, okay, that's what I'm saying. Stat line. Stat yeah, line his, his, but that's what we got to game log stat lines. That's what we got to clear up, though. His end game stat line is consistent. I do hear what you're saying in that it's always falls between a window, you know, of, of like you said, you gave out the number, right? Um, the 13 to 20 or whatever, right? But yeah. as far it, it's different as, because that's something people like to say, Bogdanovich is a, oh, he's high IQ. He's just not, you know, I, I really watched all of his games. He had a two good games, really. Um, he had one game where he went 0 for 14 from three-point land, or from the field, rather. There's tons of games throughout the year. Bogdanovich in the first half is 0 for 7. The guy gets shots, and when you give a guy shots consistently, a, a guy who can score like that, he's going to give you that in-game stat line. But that's my problem with that guy is, like you said, he doesn't have that that extra stuff. His, his assist stats aren't always, like, the highest and – you know, I, and and you got to think too that he's not he's not playing as much defense either. Guys like Terrence Ross, Terrence Ross, a very athletic player. I know I talked about him on the last podcast. A very athletic player. Um, you know, and we preach here that we need athletic guys who can run the court, do multiple stuff. Uh, Terrence Ross is that guy. Terrence Ross entered the NBA. He was a high flyer. That dude was dunking. Um, he was just an athlete. And Terrence Ross has now turned himself into a three point specialist. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I, I just see a lot of guys. It, it seems like every time I turn on basketball, I'm watching a game, and I'm like, damn, dude, there's another guy who who's comparable to to Bignanovich, you know, that I think could come in and come off the bench and produce just as much. So, and that that's just that's that. Like I said, that's that perspective a little bit that people um, just really. Um, are hyper focused on their guy because he plays here and he's usually he's who they watch. But if you really look at the NBA as you know as a whole, um, there's it's it's it comes down to the money, the return on the investment, and, and the output. So uh, the Bogdanovich thing, we don't support a signing. To be clear, you know, and I'm sure we'll keep saying this until something happens with him. We don't support a signing. I would say I would say over what Ryan thirteen is oh, probably the no. right number. No, I'll give Sacramento okay just because of the market stuff and um, 
I, I do think Bigdonovich can add. He he's valuable. What's your number then? What's the number sorry, that sorry. like? Sorry, I had to sneeze real quick, so I had to meet myself. <laughs> um, I would have to give anything over fifteen. If they gave fifteen, okay, and I know I've said fourteen before. If they were to give him fifteen tomorrow, and he was like, "Yes, I'll take it," I I could swallow that. I I don't know if I'd be ecstatic about it, but I can accept that. Anything a, a penny over fifteen million a year, and we got issues. That's that it preferably I would be ecstatic if you can get 14 mil. That would be ideal 14 million dollars. I'd be so happy with that. A penny over 15, we got issues, man. Um, the buddy healed the buddy healed situation. We've really talked at, at length the last couple of weeks, so I don't need to go. I don't think we need to really go too hard in this on a conversation. I mean, we can just talk about Buddy Hill in general. It's no secret in Kingsland. I think a lot of people, you, you can go really to any King source, and it's the same thing, you know. Well, I shouldn't say it's the same thing, but you can hear this take is that well, is how we feel. Buddy Hill is a certain type of player and, and honestly just wasn't used correctly this year. And I said it on last week's episode. They signed that guy to a $100 million contract and then proceeded not to put him in a position to succeed. Um, there's clearly more going on behind the scenes on Vaughty's way out. He did make a couple comments about that, which we can talk about. But um, the Buddy Heal situation is just weird. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I think Ryan and I both want them to keep him and try to make it work. But on our trade deadline episode way back in February – once once buddy or Bogdanovich did not get traded at the at the deadline i had predicted that that means buddy healed was going to be gone because there's a lot of guys Darren fox apparently it might be in line for an extension uh buddy healds next year his salary uh extension kicks in you have harrison barnes making like 24 million there's a lot of money on the books and and that's where it just doesn't make sense to have both of those guys and so that guy could get moved um do you have any like thoughts on Buddy Hill? I mean, it's kind of a, the, probably one of the bigger topics. I don't, I mean, people, we like the guy. We think it, they should have made it work. They should have been making it work this whole year, but it doesn't seem like that's what they want to do. You know? Um, well, I, well, let, all right. So the Buddy Hill thing, every, you know, it's, it's been known that Bogdanovich was Vladi's guy. There's been articles that came out in the last, you know, few days since he's got let go or he stepped down that, McDonough uh, was his guy, and Vivek had Buddy Heald uh, more in mind. So we're gonna see, man. I, I, I don't. You know, you're saying, you know, they want to go another way or whatever. I don't know. This is what's gonna be so exciting about this off season. And it, real quick, so my buddy texted me the other day after the bubble ended. It was like I'm done with Sacramento. I can't. I can't keep dealing with this stuff. Okay. He's like, I can't. I'm. He was like, I'm gonna go be a Rockets fan. All right. It's hella funny. Well. The next day or whatever it was, Vladi stepped down and he texts me and he goes, he goes, just when I thought I was going to get away, they keep pulling me back, man. And it's freaking <laughs> hilarious because dude, it's like the most Sacramento Kings thing ever. This whole year we're like, dude, fuck this, man. The Kings are pissing me off, dude. People on Twitter are going crazy. And then all of a sudden Vladi steps down. It's like, okay, new life, man. So that's how the, that's how the Buddy Heald situation was. I was thinking, shit, man, this sucks. Uh, buddy's buddy's probably my favorite player on the team right now. He's going to go. And then all of a sudden, you know, there could be a whole new scenario where buddy's back in the starting lineup this next year, which I hope to God he is because I really do think that buddy Hield is one of the top shooting guards in the league. Um, he just needs to be utilized. Right. So yeah. And 
you know, he just gave him the contract. What's the point of giving the contract to just turn around and trade him right now? So, dude, I'm just pumped up, man. I, I'm like over here scrolling on the, the Kings uh, salary cap table. So, sorry, I'm getting off topic and stuff, but that's, you know, it's an exciting time and it's the best time of the year. It, I like what you said, the, the uncertainty, because I, I think that I thought there was going to be more certainty about what they were going to do. Uh, I didn't really think that the moves were going to happen. The GM move was going to happen. The front office shake up, potential uh, shake up of the team. We, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought there wasn't going to be enough turnaround, um, you know, and they were just going to roll into the season as it was. Um, I, I, again, I don't want to. It's one thing coming in here tonight because we're so juiced about everything that's happened. I don't want to go all in on every topic and just like spend an hour on here tonight because we have so many weeks to di- digest things and react. And I, I we're going to keep coming on here and dedicate episodes to some of these topics like in depth. I think tonight was really just a, let's touch on these things and give our quick takes on them so you know where we stand as we go into it. Um, but, you know, the whole Vladi thing, Ryan, it fucking really, man, it highlights how shitty of a of an organization man the king's dysfunction are. it just really does it really just highlights how dysfunctional they were they are but uh, but every know, few years we get a new head coach and a new gm and there's hope man it keeps dragging us back in it, yeah it's just there's such a shitty organization that it just seems like there's i don't know what their plan is they have a plan but then at the last minute it always changes somebody gets emotional whether it's a draft pick whether it's a coaching hire whatever it's it's just weird man they never follow through and build on a plan it's always these um i i described this months ago it's like they're always trying to take that shot to the end zone that helm yeah they're going to take the shot down the field shot down the field shot down the field instead of just like inching their way and building on building on a move and it's always like let's go all in and sign these guys in the offseason and fucking then we have to trade them all because it didn't work out let's hire this coach and then oh shit we gotta fire him well let's bring an advisor and do this and then we gotta fire this guy it's just like for once have a plan work on that plan, execute the plan just for once. And I really hope this is the last time because like you said about your buddy, you know, we're going to be here. We're going to be here. What the, what the fuck? Out, yeah. Right. Like I, I, I live, I live like a, a bike ride from the freaking from the arena. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in man, I'm stuck in, I'm stuck in the game, but for a lot of people, it is frustrating. Um, so the, 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 the Vladi thing stepping down, man, it seems like, you know, Kings Kings immediate just doesn't press, you know, they don't press as much because uh, I think there's a lot more to this story that we're just not getting that word. And, and there, and it seems like the Kings front office is, and ownership is so protected by the local media, but James Ham put a thing on uh, NBC sports. And that's really one of the guys that I really look to because James Ham is a, uh, I would consider him like a real insider and a real, he puts out, he spits out just more facts, you know, um, and he's he's putting on here, and this is from Sam Amick, that uh, Vivek wanted Joe. Did you hear this? Vivek wanted Joe yeah. Dumars to share responsibilities, and and Vladi said, "F that." Yeah, fuck that noise, man. I'm I'm not sharing shit. I'm out of here. Yeah. Um. And so so with that, here's here's what I say before we go into kind of the whole thing is. You know, I said, it just highlights why the Kings are so fucking dysfunctional and they suck because what were they doing all these past bunch of months? You know, what were they doing since March? You're telling me now, now we're now, now we're in a situation where the GM's gone. You have an interim GM in a shortened off season. Okay. And now they're, they're probably, it's 
who knows? They're probably not going to hire someone for well, a year. No, they're, yeah, they're not hiring anybody. Joe Dumars is here to stay till next summer. And that's what people if, are if saying. They, if they ha- yeah, if they hire anybody else, I'll be surprised. There's not enough time. There's there, not, there, if, if not, the season's coming up pretty soon. Like, there's not it, enough time. You roll with Joe Dumars. And if they do, it's going to be some guy, GM, who's going to come in here, and they're talking about, like, Dumars playing this this president role where there's a GM underneath him and shit. I don't know. Whatever, dude. Whatever yeah. happens. But but it's when he's – we're going to be in limbo again because this shitty organization is going to roll in with this interim guy, and they're going to hire a GM next year, and then he may not want Walton as their coach, and we could potentially have a firing next year, and then a whole new – approach again instead of freaking stability and it just highlights like what were you doing since march grow some balls man i mean back in march when this all went down we were having conversations with uh, you know before this the season even got shut down is is vadi gonna get canned like it was it was a topic of discussion here in kingsland it was not news it wasn't like uh oh my good all of a sudden you know so why didn't they have some nuts dude make that call way back and and get get moving forward and trying to win. I don't understand it because if this really is like Vivek kind of put that pressure on him, why wait until the bubble? It makes no sense to well, me, man. They're just well, so crappy I just sometimes. Think, well, the whole the whole thing with Vladi and stuff and and waiting till after the bubble is over is they probably not probably I know this. They honestly thought that they had a chance to grab the eight seed. They honestly did. That's the only explanation is they thought they had a reasonable chance. And I mean. Look what happened. You know, I saw, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty or whatever, but moving forward, I think Joe Dumars is the guy for at least the next year. If they bring somebody else in, I think I don't know, an advisor to the advisor is what he's gonna be. I, I don't know, but I don't think there's enough time. I think you just roll with Joe Dumars for the time being. Um uh, I know you're not the biggest fan, but it is what it is, man. Hopefully. Sacramento doesn't ruin another generational talent in Sacramento, you know, like they did with Boogie. They wasted those seven years with Boogie. Hopefully they don't waste seven years with Darren Fox. So uh, we'll see. I want to go on a little rant about Joe Dumars real quick, Ryan, uh, just to put it out there. (laughs) Yeah, no one, no one's talking about it. Okay. No one's talking about this. I don't know how people feel about Joe Dumars. I've been sifting through kind of like the writers, the radio people, and, and no one seems to have an opinion. Um, I do see some of the, here's the opinion I see. Okay. He's an experienced guy. Oh, and he, he, he took a t- he, he built a team that went to two NBA finals and like four consecutive Eastern conference finals or whatever. I'm like, okay, yes. In the early two thousands. <laughs> okay. If you want me to go on a, I'm going to go on, I'm going to go on one. Okay. I'm going to get high. Can I interject? Can I interject? Real quick, real quick because I'm fucking steaming. Go ahead. Should I steal it from you? No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Where, 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 go How- ahead. Where are we going to steal? Draft pick. Have your moment. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So, well, that, even that, you know, let's talk about Joe Dumars real quick. See if I can do this quickly. Joe Dumars kind of accidentally fell into that building that Pistons team. Okay. He traded Grant Hill and uh, got Ben Wallace on a throw in. Okay. To the magic. And Ben Wallace ended up being, you know, a borderline hall of fame center, like defensive player, multiple time defensive player of the year. Really, really good. Right. Uh, and then they Eric tra- loves Big Walls, by the way. It's like my favorite, favorite player. Ben, ben Walls yeah. is my favorite player of all time. I'll, I will say that right now, okay? okay? Um, And they trade Jerry Stackhouse, I believe, to the Wizards, and that's how they got, like, Rip Hamilton. They accidentally yep. get a bunch of other guys, okay? And he f- – so he, he kind of accidentally built that team. Um. Let's talk about his GM moves, okay? Credit to a guy for building a championship team. You got to give credit to that. But it was a different type of team. It was a, it was a defensive-heavy team in an era of basketball that 
that was okay in the Eastern Conference that was extremely watered down. The early 2000s, the Eastern Conference was so terrible, Ryan. Like the yeah. Nets was New going Jersey back to back. Yeah, I mean the hot the hot teams there were Indiana Pacers with Jermaine O'Neal and Jeff Foster. Okay, that's who they were battling with. Okay, oh whoa, so, whoa, seventeen year seventeen year veteran Reggie Miller was on that, bro, with Ron Artest and Steven Jackson. Don't do them guys like that. Man. <laughs> you was, Jamal Jamal Tinsley was on that team was solid. So that's what he built, okay. But if you want to look at his GM transaction moves, that's what I'm going to talk about right now because that's the role he's playing for the Kings. Okay, uh, he has. Here's what he has. He fucked up a number two pick on his resume and probably, I would say, the worst number two pick of, of all time. Okay, he, yep. he, he passed on Wade. He passed on Bosch. He passed on Mello, and he drafted Darko Milicic. So he, he fucked up a number two pick, <laughs> potentially just like Vadi did. You know, potentially. Okay, so he did. He did that. Um, if you want to look at, if you want to look at after the transactions this guy made, dude, he trade. He he traded for an aging Allen Iverson. They had Chris Webber playing for the Pistons at one time, dude. Um, don't forget that that this guy built a lineup that consisted of Greg Monroe, Andre Drummond, and Josh Smith. Okay, if if you, I mean. If you're trying to play NBA Jam or NBA Street with three three big guy athletic guys, it might have worked out. But you know he ruined that team. He overpaid Charlie Villanueva. He overpaid Ben Gordon. Okay, like this. this Rod- Rodney just, Stuckey was on that squad, man. Dude, he just, uh, <laughs> you know. So that's if you look at that guy's like last seven years, it wasn't really good. And to me, I just don't have a lot of faith in that guy, man. I just hey, don't. He made one good move. He made one good move. He acquired Rasheed Wallace, bro. He acquired you know, Rasheed Wallace and got over the hump on the Lakers. Yeah, but you know, Joe Dumars play- is the well, Joe Dumars, you're the man, bro. You beat that Lakers squad. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's my that's just my rant. I just want to, you know, there's a great uh, I have we've we've pumped up at the NBA uh, SB Nation's collapse plenty of times. I tweeted it. SB Nation's collapse on the Detroit Pistons really, if you really want to take a hard look, take 20 minutes and go watch the video and really breaks down Joe Dumars's, uh all of the moves he made in Detroit. And then you tell me how confident you feel about him leading this team into this offseason. So that's how I feel. I don't like the move, man. I just honestly, I'm sour about the Kings front office. I'm keen, I'm sour about uh, the direction, the lack of planning. And, and why would, why, what have they ever done in the last 20 years to give me freaking faith in them? You know, so I'm a pessimistic fan tonight, man. But hey, honestly, though, Ryan, at the end of the day, though, fuck, it's exciting. We keep coming on here, right? And we're we, we want to see getting, some. You keep getting sucked back in, dude. Just like my buddy was saying, man. He's like, just when I'm ready to give up on them, these fuckers suck me back in, man. So it's, it's, I'm excited, dude. Like the we have we have Darren Fox, so I'm very I'm optimistic about that. You know, it's it's. What are you going to do to surround this guy? You fucked it up with Boogie before. Don't fuck it up with De'Aaron Fox. So we'll see, man. It's going to be a good time. Next few months are going to be awesome. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to come on here with you, man. I'm, I'm honestly fun to come on here tonight and just get loose because a lot of things have been going on and, and it was great to just come on here and give our opinion. The next couple of weeks, guys, are going to be loaded. They're going to be super loaded. We have uh, our super popular a trivia episode coming on. We have two new special guests coming on to those. So that'll be probably be coming in the next month. Um, we have a lot of episodes dedicated to looking back at the season, looking ahead. I'm sure there's going to be some, what do you think, Ryan, probably some trade trade machine specials between us. Oh, well, there's um, going to be, I already have some, I already got some trade machine specials. I already got some off season acquisitions for agency wise, uh, re-signing and guys we need to let walk from our team uh, currently. So it's going to be loaded. 
it's going to be awesome. But we got the what we got coming up. We got the 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 lottery coming up. So you know maybe the Kings will get lucky. Probably not. But we got that coming up. So uh, stick with us, honestly, guys. We appreciate the support. The numbers have just been climbing month over month. Um, uh, it, it's been great. The interactions. We appreciate it on Twitter. Um, for any of our episodes, again, you can find them archived and streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and now YouTube. For everything up to date, check the Twitter at KingsCast. Ryan and I are both on there. If you have a trash take of the week, feel free to tag it and nominate it um, and let us know. If you want to get a shout-out on the show or get your opinion shared, please feel free to hit us up um, and do that on the Twitter. So with that, uh, for Ryan and Eric, go Kings. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.